Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're living life like it matters. And today, I want to talk about perspective. You know, I say this all the time, that no one responds to reality, we respond to our map of reality. Now, some of you hear me saying that there is no reality. That's not what I'm saying at all. You hear things all the time that aren't being said. Remember, we have 30 to 60,000 thoughts per day. And a lot of us are tied in to talking to ourselves. We're talking all the time, not out loud, but inside our head. And so let's be honest. Some of you aren't aware, aren't sure if all those conversations that you have in your head nonstop, if you've ever had them out loud. Because you know what a lot of people do? A lot of people, because they're preoccupado, because they're preoccupied with all these thirty to 60,000 thoughts in their head, because they're fighting every argument, they're fighting with their spouses, they're fighting with their bosses, they're fighting with their friends. Of course, they're by themselves. They're in their head. They're driving alone in their car. They're lying in quietness in front of their couch or on their couch in front of their TV, flipping mindlessly through the channels but in their head they're arguing they're fighting battles they're winning arguments of course none of it's real (laughs) but it doesn't stop it from going on and so you got to understand that the battle is always in the mind and our perspective is the frame we put around something Uh, the perspective is really what drives everything. Nobody responds to reality. What we respond to is our personal map of reality. We don't respond to what is going on. We respond to what we believe is going on. There is your word perspective. Perspective is defined as a particular attitude toward or a way of regarding something. It's a point of view. As a trainer of leaders, I have learned that when you change your position, you change your perspective. New beginnings, as well as the ending of old things, bring about a fresh perspective. And today, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge your frame. I want to challenge your narrative. I want to challenge your life script. I want you to challenge your map of reality because nobody responds to reality we respond to our map o reality and this is important to address you know i have a friend of mine keith notek he's a retired police officer um i used to tease him all the time that uh, he must eat four leaf clovers he must poop out horseshoes uh because he is blessed I met Keith uh, through uh, Jay at Law Enforcement Today Radio. Uh, Keith was a retired police officer. Uh, Keith had, uh, a while back, a couple years ago, uh, not handled the job of law enforcement well and uh, 
used alcohol as a as a self-medication, if you will. And so had an alcohol problem. Uh, one day he was driving. I don't know if he was off the force or not, uh, if he was still employed. I wasn't not sure of the timeline. Uh, but he was drunk, and he got in an accident and did some major damage. Now, this was before I had met him. Um, and so that was uh, basically been in the works for three years. He'd been talking, working to get this. You know, he's changed. He's not the same person. He's not drinking since then. He found God. He became a born-again believer. Uh, and so this guy wrote his book out. Uh, from uh, something to Amazing Grace. I don't remember what it was. Keith Note, a great book. Uh, had him on it about a year, year and a half ago. Talked about it. We became friends. So I met him through this. Interviewed him. Had a great interview. Uh, became friends. He actually went through my training. Loved the training. I actually have a commercial I run that was Keith talking about being in all the leadership training over 30 years. Taught leadership. Uh, talks about how powerful our training is. Uh, and there's nothing else out there like it. So... Keith had all this stuff going on. Keith wrote this book about his life. He was on all the radios promoting it. Uh, and then actually he got a phone call. And they said, hey, man, we're going to turn your book into a movie. Uh, and they did it. You know, those people do all the Christian movies, uh, uh, license it, got it done. I think uh, Dean Cain was in the movie. Never saw the movie. You know, it was one of those independent movies, but uh, um, great thing. And he, it, he got such um, applause for that. That there was another guy, he was a cop in, uh, I think it was Philadelphia. Uh, he was uh, on a drug unit, and he saw a guy that they were going to capture, went to capture the guy, and the guy had a gun and loaded him full of like 10 bullets. The guy died, rushed to the hospital, he was dead. Stories about the surgeon who basically reached in and physically massages his heart while he's in the coma and basically dead. He gets visited by this nurse who takes care of him, who leads him to God. A beautiful story. And so Keith gets a chance to meet him, talk to him, and because of his book, was asked to write this story. Keith had never done this before. So Keith wrote this story again. They're making a movie out of it. And Keith's got, uh, got awards for it. All this is going on. Now, I, I'm thinking, Keith, man, boy, you are blessed. I got a chance to go down to uh, Phoenix about a year ago, drove through, going to a Vegas class, and stayed at his house with his wife, Lily. Just wonderful people. And I'm thinking, man, God, you are blessing this man. And I tease him a lot because, man, you, you, God must really love you a lot more than he loves me because he's really blessing you and good for you. And every once in a while I'd ask him about, hey, what's going on with that court case? Well, because of COVID, it was put off for this and uh, that. So it was this ongoing saga in the background. Never heard about it. He didn't bring it up a lot. He was just so humble and so thankful. So uh, I hadn't talked to him for a while, uh, probably been a couple months since I talked to him, so I reached out to him uh, about a month ago, just, hey, buddy, just want to touch base, see how you're doing, blah, blah, just checking. Um, and then I saw about a week later, there was a, a phone call I got on my voicemail. I didn't check it. It said from Keith Notech, and there was a little message there. And I, I forgot to check it. So uh, about a week ago, I, I go, oh, my gosh, I forgot. So I called Keith up again and left a message and didn't hear anything back. So I go back to re-look at the voicemail he left me. And when I go to the voicemail and I just read it, it says, hi, this is Lily. It's Lily. And she says, uh, call me. I'm like, why is Lily reaching out to me? She goes, and, and so I, I, I realized, I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I saw that, and then I called Keith's number again, and I realized it's not working. So Lily had her number there. So I went back, and I called Lily, and she answered the phone. 
And I said, Lily, uh, she goes, oh, I'm glad you called. Let me give you an update on Keith. I go, what do you mean update on Keith? She goes, well, you know, the court case. Well, the, uh, the our attorney basically abandoned him. The judge used him as an example. And they said uh, he's got sentenced to eight years in prison. What? He's gone. He was in uh, Goldfield Jail, and now he thinks in the Prump or Tonopah Jail and getting ready to be sent out to prison. Uh, and I'm, like, shocked. Uh, and I'm, like, in tears. And I, I just tell Lily, uh, I am so sorry, Lily. Perspective. Now, here's a guy that I thought was so blessed beyond and his life was going so incredibly well. Yeah, he had made a mistake, and he had owned up to it. He civilly had paid people. He apologized. He stopped drinking. He turned his life over to God. I mean, he really has done a 360, and he's got 30 years of service in law enforcement, civil patrol, all that stuff. Uh, and because of the environment, they hate cops. Because of the environment, hate Christians. You know, I used to have a friend there in Minneapolis, Dave, and all his friends hated me. His friends hated me because I was a Christian, hated me because I was a white guy, didn't know me. But I told Dave at some point, you're only as good as the people you hang out with. And so it was a relationship I had to end because the perspective had changed. And ladies and gentlemen, when you change your position, you change your perspective. And not just people like Keith Notek and Scott Black. It's not that perspective affects us. It affects us all. Because nobody responds to reality. We respond to our perspective. So today, we're going to take a look at our perspective and get a fresh new one. I'm Black. We'll be right back. My show is about helping people become all they were created to be. Well, we all occupy a body, and we don't know how it works. We are born into it. But, man, that's a machine. And when you understand how that machine works, then you can work it more effectively. That's my outcome, to help people be able to make better decisions, have some hope, be inspired to be better today than they were yesterday, to live their life like it matters. Like It Matters Radio with Scott Black. Leadership Awakening impacts even the seasoned pros. Take a listen to these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings follow Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing, and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was going to be, that it was going to be difficult, and I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows, I've walked on glass, I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. You've had a difference in your relationship with God, too. Tell me about that. Um, I was was raised in a church. and I uh, kind of stepped away uh, in, in my adult life. And this class kind of brought me right back to, to my faith. And that's a huge, huge part of my life that's just been missing. And I just, I, I feel rejuvenated, if that makes sense, that, you know, knowing that God's walking right next to me every day, every night, you know, He's right here for me and everyone else for that matter. But He's here for, for me right yeah. now. And you have some peace, don't you? 
Oh, it's 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 really amazing. Sorry, I'm going to get emotional. That's okay. But it's 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 amazing. It's an amazing feeling inside my heart. Like It Matters' unique approach allows people to see, hear, and experience leadership in motion. Like It Matters Radio. Radio Like It Matters. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio Like It Matters. Inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And today we're talking about perspective. Again, I'm not being philosophical here. Uh, It's reality. Uh, All you got to do is look at the political world. I mean, the the farce is just ridiculous. You've been programmed so much. You've had psychological warfare. So much to hate Donald Trump. To hate this man so bad that you're willing to allow anybody and anything just so you're protected from the boogeyman, the orange man. I cannot believe how effective the deep state and state-run media has convinced so many people, including people who profess to be supposed Christians, people who are supposedly children of God, people who supposedly forgive, people who supposedly don't keep a pound of flesh, people who supposedly don't keep a record wrong, people who supposedly forgive for all things because all things have been forgiven them, Uh, supposedly people who don't judge based on skin color. Because there is no black church. There is no white church. There's one church. And yet, a lot of you are convinced. I mean, look at this, what's going on uh, around the world. I mean, people are just dying. Healthy people are just dying left and right. They call it now sudden, atten- uh, sudden death syndrome, right? Sudden adult death syndrome. That's what they're calling it. But people are just croaking. All these people who got the vaccine that no one's talking about. Something like 55 performers since last quarter of last year till now have died. Unexpected young people, heart attacks in their 20s and their 30s, never before experienced. But it has nothing to do with the shot they put in your arm, wink, wink, nudge, nudge that we're now learning makes you susceptible to something. They're putting poisons in your body. uh, People don't get it. They're clotting your blood. What do you think? I never got it. My blood's already thick. I'm already, uh, you know, wonder about my heart sometimes. I'd be dead today if I would have got that shot. Of course, it would have been dead because I was too fat or dead because I had too much of this or dead because it would be a natural cause. I'm sure you wouldn't say I died from the shot. But I guarantee you I wouldn't be around today. There's a battle going on. And that's what I want to call perspective. What is your perspective? When you change your perspective, you change your reality. And this is science. This is not opinion. There are basically two operating systems. There's a flesh operating system, uh, FOS, and there's a God operating system, GOS. It's not wrong or right. It's not good or bad. It's called reality. It's called science. Follow the science. A flesh operating system says that uh, um, there is a God, I'll define him as I choose, or she, or it, I'll define it or they, or whatever pronoun you choose to use to describe your God, uh, but uh, uh, I run my life, I do this, and I'll decide what God's okay with, what God doesn't want. 
and that man can always get better and man is the solution of man's problems that's the flesh operating system that boy we just need the right man the right man can fix things the right man can change America the right man can bring us hope that is a lie from the pit of hell man's the problem today's way of warrior blog if you didn't get it you should go to it go to wayofwarrior.blog it's all about what I'm talking about today you know, the Bible's a, a 1,200-chapter book. It's got 66 books, 44 authors, written over a time frame about 1,500 years, but covers millennial, I mean thousands of years. And of a 1,200-chapter book, the first 12 chapters in the first book, one of 66 books, in just the first 12 chapters, God is done with man four times. I mean, Genesis 3, go to it. Look at it. God kicked man out of, home, out of his home. The Garden of Eden, God dwelt with man. God walked with man, his heavenly family uh, and his earthly family. And the, the thing is, since that Genesis 3, God's entire drive is getting us back to the Edenic vision. And then in Genesis 6, just three chapters out, once he kicked us out, God was fed up. God was disappointed. God was sad that he ever created man. And so he decides to destroy the whole thing except the righteous man called Noah and his three sons and all four of their wives, the eight of them. So you think we're good now, right? So he's on the boat for two chapters in the Bible. And then chapter nine, God creates dry land again, gets the water, pulls back the water, shuts off the underwater fountains, underground fountains. And man resides again on land. There's a new beginning. There's a new covenant. Read it. It's chapter 9. There's a new covenant. That's where we're given the rainbow. But the new covenant is not just that God will not destroy the earth again with water. The new covenant is that every life shall have an accounting. Read it. Read it. That there shall be an accounting for every life. That if man takes a life, that his life must be taken. All you abortion rights people out there. Just so you know, God said in Genesis 9, with the rainbow, with the new covenant, if you take a man's life, his blood, then your blood will be required. It says it right there. That's chapter 9. Start all over. Go forth and multiply, he told the eight. And guess what? Two chapters later, chapter 11, with the Tower of Babel, where God says, enough is enough. And I'm going to disperse them. I'm going to change the language. I'm going to separate about. And so people that were in the, uh, the Valley of Shinar one minute were now in what was going to be known as China the next minute. Or place that were going to be known as Brazil the next minute. Or place that would be known as Ecuador the next minute. Or place that would be known as Taiwan the next minute. And then he put other Elohim in charge, lesser Elohim. That's Deuteronomy 32, 8 through 9. It tells you that. So, so realize that God knew all this from the beginning of time. So even though God was disappointed, even though God said it changes my God never changes. God knew all this. God talks in language that we understand, but we're not God. And so we need a frame. The frame we put around something's important. But I got to ask you, is your f ultimate frame, your worldview, is an FOS, flesh operating system? Or is it a GOS, a God operating system? A GOS says that man is flawed. Romans 3.23, all fall short of the glory of God. Uh, what is it? Romans 6.23, that we all uh, uh, need blood. 
that we all need blood to cover our sins. I think uh, Romans 6.23. And so you got to realize what's going on. The perspective. The perspective is that we're all flawed is a God operating system. The perspective is man is the problem. And since man is the problem, man can't solve the problem. Remember? Logical levels. Remember, we talk about science here. I give you science of transactional analysis, science of cognitive behavioral therapy. I give you all that. It's all science. And you got to understand that the God operating system, you move in the direction of your focus. If you realize that we're all flawed, we all fall short of the glory of God, that man can't solve the problem, that God must solve the problem. Remember the logical levels, that's science. There are six levels that we function on. The lowest level is environment. Above that's behavior. Above that's capabilities. Above that is belief system and values. Above that is identity. And above that is spirit, the bigger connection in the universe. And here's how the logical levels work. It's like Einstein said. Einstein said you can never solve a problem at the same level it's created at. I never knew what that meant until I met the logical levels. Change takes place from the top down in the logical levels. It doesn't take, cha- uh, doesn't take place from the bottom up. I use the perfect example. The lowest level in the logical levels is environment. And I'm going to tell you it's probably the most important. But here's the thing. If you change your environment, you don't change who you are. You don't need to change what you do. You might not be able to do it in your new environment, but you're just going to find another way to do it. See, if you take an alcoholic out of a bar, they'll find another way to get their high. They'll drink radiator fluid. They'll drink cough medicine. They'll uh, do whippets. Right? They'll do all kinds of stuff. Sniff glue to get that high. See, just because you change someone's environment doesn't mean you change their character. However... From the top down, when you change your spiritual identity, where you move toward God and commit to God, or you move away from God and deny God, you change everything. Your identity changes, who you believe you are. Your belief systems change, what you believe you're capable and why you're here. Your capabilities of, of what you're able to do, and even make an effort or prepare to do it. Your behavior changes the way you act, the way you show up, because what does it matter? We're all just here to live, eat, sleep, poop, and die, right? Isn't that what the writer of of Ecclesiastes said? Come on, just eat, drink, because tomorrow we're going to be dead. So if you don't have a God-operating system, when you take your last breath, you're dead. But if you have a God-operating system, our last breath on this planet is freedom. Notice the perspective. If you have a flesh operating system, death is your enemy. If you have a God operating system, death is your ally. Because absent the body, present the Christ. Just that one change in perspective from FOS to GOS changes how someone looks at death, how someone dies. Don't tell me your perspective doesn't matter. Don't tell me that it doesn't. I mean, those of you that have a perspective that, that, that Donald Trump is evil, some of you guys are okay, even though abortion on demand, babies being slaughtered, healthy people are dying by the boatloads, and no one seems to care. Why? Because your perspective is all is good because Donald Trump's not in the White House. So what? It's falling apart. At least when he was in the White House, things were under control. At least when he was in the White House, uh, we actually knew the deep state wasn't running things. At least when he was in control, we still had a couple freedoms as Americans, which are now gone. 
And so today I want to talk about your perspective going into the new year. What's your perspective going into the new year? Are you hopeful or are you fearful? Is there opportunity or are you just waiting for the clock to run out? Today, my hope for you is that when this radio show is done, that you have a fresh, new perspective going into this brand new year. I'm Black. We'll be right back. Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters. Inspiration, education, and application. I am broadcasting live from Yahweh Studios right here in Fort Worth, Texas. Actually, I'm in Everman. Uh, my new upgraded studio, man. I put corkboard up. All around me, I'm redoing it, uh, redoing the area in my room. I got a big room, so I made a little studio area. Really, really impressive. And uh, it's kind of nice because as I was cleaning up, it caused me to have a new perspective. That's what we're talking about today. It's, you know, have you ever felt like your life has fallen apart? And then 30 minutes later, hour later, for whatever reason, all of a sudden things look totally different. Now, nothing's really changed. But you feel like so much has changed. And you know what's changed? You. You've changed. And your perspective changed. See, the situation's all the same. What's different is the frame you're putting around it. What's different is the way you see it. That is what the operating systems, that's where the FOS, flesh operating system, or the GOS, God operating system, make a huge difference. People like me operate under a GOS, a God operating system. So even though we see the decay of America, even though we see America's uh, best days are behind them, even though we see that America is no longer land of the free and home of the brave, it's none of that. It's land of the um, uh, of, of uh, censorship. It's the lands of abortion on demand. It's a land of the deep state where if you if the government's run by Democrats and you love the government, then you're a good soldier. You're patriotic. But if the government's run by Republicans and you support the government, you're evil. You're against democracy. 
where if the Democrats run the country, then all the forms and forces they push against you and all the conservatives they harass and jail and raid their house in the middle of the night, you're okay with it. It's just the government doing their job. But you're not okay with it when someone like Trump's in charge and then people on the other side get called out for their lies, for their spies, uh, for their self-ingratiating uh, moves, actions, and votes. See, it's all about perspective. And the problem is right now there's some fifth-generation warfare, and we're going to talk about this this week, going on. The, the battle's in the mind, and it's always been that way spiritually. It's just up until now never been so blatantly that way worldly right now you have a world system that knows how you operate the social sciences are the focus they know how to manipulate they know how to move they know about the narrative they know how the deep state controls the narrative they know uh rules of radicals they know how to uh dehumanize their opponent they know how to say the same thing over and over they control the media so the media will tell you Republicans are evil and they shouldn't even be covered the same way Democrats are. See, that's all what you're being told. And if you don't think for yourself from that what you're being told, you create a perspective. You create a frame. It's just how we work. It's how your kids work. Your kids grow up a byproduct of who you are. And if it's so egregious that they despise it, they will grow up and do just the exact opposite of you, whether that's good or bad, it doesn't matter. However, if they love what you're doing and see the value and they're taught how to see it through and think it through and they buy into that, wow. The Bible says you raise a child in the way of God and he will not depart. So it's all about your perspective. It's interesting. So I looked up perspective. I'm an etymologist. You should know the words you're using. The problem today is we're all speaking the same language, but we're using different dictionaries. The progressives, the left, the deep state, the antichrist, they're all the same thing, has learned to take our dictionaries. And they tell you what words mean. You know, it's just perspective. Yesterday we celebrated the life of Martin Luther King Jr., one of my favorite quotes of Dr. King is, you cannot drive out hate with hate. Only love can do that. You cannot drive out darkness with darkness. Only light can do that. Don't you hear that? He's talking about Jesus Christ. So I'll finish it. You cannot drive out racism with racism. Only understanding. Only forgiveness. Only mercy can do that. Again, it's only by the blood of Jesus that we can do any of that. Dr. King loved his Jesus. Dr. King loved his Jesus more than he loved marching with people of color. But Dr. King was on a mission to bring God's will to the world in a way that they could buy into it. And there's nowhere in the Bible, if you study the Bible, that says you should ever treat anybody poorly because of the color of their skin because of their socioeconomic background, because how they vote. And yet today it's okay to be a racist, as long as you're racist against white people. It's not reverse racism. Again, go back to the dictionary. If I use sex as a, deci a deciding factor to hire someone or not hire someone, I'm a sexist. If I want a man for this job or I only want a woman for this job, if I go in with that mindset, I'm called a sexist. If I go into a job and say, listen, I just want a young person for this job, 
or I go into no, I need a, a skilled person. I need someone in their 50s, 60s for this job. I'd be called an ageist. What if I said, well, you know, this job requires that you crawl around in low spaces. You got to crawl on the floor. You're uh, you're putting up systems uh, uh, for internet and all that. And if you're really big and overweight, you really uh, it's going to make the job more difficult. So this job's probably not for you. You know what they'd call me? An ableist. Because I'm deciding what someone is able. I mean, let's be honest. It won somebody a Senate seat. The guy's a loser long before his stroke. And they hit him and they lied and all this. And you guys voted for him anyways because you got your abortions. As long as you can get your abortions, nothing else matters. Way to go, America. But you called it a, a, you called me an ableist. It was, the table, term was used. Oh, you know, Fetterman, you guys all just ableist. See? So if I use skin color as a deciding factor, I'm a racist. If I use skin color to decide that I like you or don't like you, I'm a racist. If I want to hire you or not hire you because your skin color, I'm a racist. If I want to discipline you or not discipline you because your skin color, I'm a racist. If I think that if you have brown skin that you can talk lower than everybody else because you're not smart enough to know the English language, not the white person's language, it's called the English language. You see what I'm saying? It's all about perspective. And so perspective is a particular attitude toward or way of regarding something. It is a point of view. They use it in this sentence here. Most guided history is written from the editor's perspectives. Most guidebook history is written from the editor's perspective. Similar to outlook, view, viewpoint, point of view, standpoint, position. Here's another definition. The appearance of things relative to one another as determined by their distance from the viewer. You know, I love to write, love to create. The story's about a man who had writer's block, and so he had to get out an article, and he just, it wasn't coming to him. So his friend said, listen, I got a condo on the beach in California. Why don't you go out there, chill out, relax, have some time on your own? It's good. And so the guy took him up on his offer, so first night, he's sitting out there on the deck. He's uh, sipping on a glass of vino. He's watching the sunset, listening to the, the waves as they crash. And he looks down the beach, and he sees, like, something that kind of caused him to gasp. He sees, like, trash all along the beach, up the beach. It looked like dumpster after dumpster after dumpster after dumpster of trash was dumped on the beach. And to, that wasn't bad enough because as he's looking at all this trash, he sees to be this person. It looks a little disheveled from afar. This disheveled person. And what he's doing is this person is going to all this trash, piles of trash. And he takes something from it. And then he do a little jig, a little dance to the waterway and, and put it in the water. And then he does his little jig back to the trash pile. Pick up something and do his little jig back in the water and put something in the water. And this guy, well, this went on for an hour or so as the guy was watching, kind of lost track of it. And the next morning, the uh, guy gets up and was reminded of that and again, let it go. So that next evening, he's sitting out there again, watching the sunset, listening to waves crash, drink a glass of vino. And he looks down the beach. And there it is again. It looks like tons. I mean, it looks like dumpster after dumpster after dumpster after dumpster after dumpster had just dumped on this beach. Piles of, of trash. 
And then from this mass polytrash, there was a person that would do this jig back and forth and back and forth, go to polytrash, pick up something, and then saunter to the water's edge and then bend down and put it in the water. And he'd do this back and forth. So now the guy figured, I got to go see what's going on. And so he puts on a coat, and as he's walking along the beach, he realizes what's going on. And that, ladies and gentlemen, right there is a lesson in leadership right there. When you change your position, you change your perspective. See, that man sitting on the balcony from far away, drinking his wine, looking from afar, had one perspective of what was going on. But in order to change that perspective, he had to move, move. You got to move, move. He had to move. When you change your position, you change your perspective. And as he got closer, he realized what was going on. That wasn't trash. There were thousands upon thousands upon ten thousands of starfish that are washed upon the shore. And now as they got close, he saw what looked to be a homeless man, at least a man in disheveled clothes, kind of dirty, this big, huge pile of starfish. And he would take a single starfish. He would whisper in its, uh, whatever, if it had an ear, and then he'd slowly put it back in the water. And with that, my, my friend went up to him and said, dude, what are you doing? Have you got nothing better to do with your time? There are thousands upon thousands upon ten thousands of starfish. You're taking one at a time. You're not going to make an impact. What difference are you making? What a waste of your time. And with that, the gentleman picked up a single starfish. He put it back in the water and then looked at my friend and said, it made all the difference in the world to that one right there. And ladies and gentlemen, when you live your life like it matters, it makes all the difference in the world to that one, and to that one, to that one, to that one. It's all about perspective. I'm Black. We'll be right back. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And yes, uh, I had a listener chime in and want to know about the Way of Warrior blog. Yes, uh, today's blog was what I was talking about. It was out of Genesis 6, but I, I cover the whole history. You know, it's pretty clear perspective. Uh, uh, a lot of people think that man is basically good. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrong perspective. The Bible, if you have a GOS, a God operating system, the Bible's pretty clear. Uh, Jeremiah says it clearly, uh, the, the, the heart of man is wicked beyond repair. 
Remember Genesis 6, God repented of creating man, repented, and he changed his mind. He was disappointed. Now, he's using our language. God knew that was going to happen before he created man. Uh, God's omniscient. It means perfect knowledge. God cannot learn anything. Um, knowledge of the Holy, one of my favorite books by A.W. Tozer. Uh, highly recommend it. And he goes through uh, 18 attributes of God. Uh, just fascinating. When you understand logically who God is, what his attributes are, that he can never cease being one. He's not more of one attribute than the other. Uh, one doesn't lessen when the other one takes over. He is all simultaneously. Uh, it's fascinating. But A.W. Tozer, great uh, writer. Love A.W. Tozer. Probably one of my favorite Christian writers. Uh, but I highly recommend. It's called Knowledge of the Holy. Uh, great, 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 great book. And uh, you know, God doesn't change, but we're supposed to. See, God meets us where we're at, but God doesn't leave us there. You know, I was watching uh, um, Till Death, and they had a make-believe author, uh, um, Duffy or something like that, but he wrote a book, and it was a great quote I, I heard, and I looked up this quote uh, just now. It said, the lessons of history are written by the wounded, not the dead. So I wonder, is that a real quote by somebody? No, it's close. It's close. It's not really a quote. But the so-called lessons of history are, for the most part, the rationalizations of the victors. History is written by the survivors. That was by Max Lerner. Leaving disillusionment aside, we can now turn to some glimmers of hope. Isn't that interesting? But then there's the lessons of history by Will and Ariel Durant. Uh, just fascinating. Because what he says right here is so fascinating. Where is this first line? I'm working two computers. Remember, I'm getting my new system up. It says, quote, the book in three sentences. Over the course of history, human behavior has changed, but not human nature. See, this is what you got to get, ladies and gentlemen. This is where the FOS and the GOS comes in. Over the course of history, this is written by a non-Christian. Over the course of history, human behavior has changed but not human nature. That is so spot on. You can't change the nature of man. Only God can do that. No matter who is in power, the rewards gradually accrue to the most clever and talented individuals. Ideas are the strongest things of all in history because they can be passed down and change the behavior of future generations. Why? Because when you change perspective, you change people's reality. That's it. That's what's going on. And just like in the story of the starfish, when you change your position, you change your perspective. So people come to my training. A lot of people come begrudgingly. This is why I do what I do. I've been doing my training for going on 31 years now. But I take them in the classroom. These are successful people. These are people already doing well by most people's standards. And they come to my class really just going to another corporate leadership training, thinking they're going to have drinks at meals, they're going to you know, go out and party at night, uh, they're going to work on some stuff uh, on their computers while they're on the road. None of that's real. I totally change their position. I totally change their perspective. I totally change the rules of what they're doing. For 48 hours, they are fully immersed into a brand new way, brand new perspective, a brand new way of doing things, a brand new way of breathing, a brand new way of standing, a brand new way of talking. But more importantly, I go to the core of who they are and I have them ask and answer important questions. Who are they? Why are they here? What's their purpose? If today was their last day on this planet, would it matter one bit that they were given the gift of life? 
that's important. And so many people are so busy. So busy. The old saying is, one of my favorite pastor's uh, sayings was, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And what you got to ask yourself, what are you busy about? What are you busy about? You got to take a look at your perspective. Are you busy about things that matter eternally? Or are you doing things that only matter temporal? That once you take your last breath, those things that you're doing right now no longer matter. There's no accounting for them. You get no credit for them. Man, are you doing stuff that soon you'll be standing for God and it won't even be brought up because it was non-relevant? What are you so busy doing? I can't believe how busy people are. People are too busy to listen to my blog. People are too busy to listen to the radio show. People are too busy to go to a class that will save their marriage, save the child's relationship, maybe save their life. But so busy. Uh, this Christian, uh, supposed to be a friend of mine, second time now she's put herself on staff for a class. Second time now she pulled out, she got tickets to a rodeo. We know it's really important in this world. In my class, this person would help change 16 people's lives. She'd be able to speak God into them. Supposedly the most important thing in her life is evangelizing. She'd be able to evangelize. She'd be able to make 16 new friends that she can connect to and share the word of God for the rest of her life with. But then the devil came in and said, hey, I got some rodeo tickets for you, and I bought them for you, so I spent $700 on rodeo tickets for you and your family. Oh, sorry, I can't go on staff right now. I got free rodeo tickets, because we know that when we stand before God someday, he'll ask you about that rodeo that you went to. We all know that, right? It's about perspective. And then she could say that, well, my family's number one. Family is most important. Um, that's what the Bible says too, right? That those people that God birthed out of you are the most important. They're way more important than the stranger. They're way more important than the homeless person. They're way more important than the person in jail. They're way more important than widowers, right? They're all way more important than all those other losers, right? And you're right. That's not what my book says either. But yet we're all these devout Catholics and Christians and Seventh-day Adventists and all that. God's just looking for people of faith. How about that for perspective? And you know faith, like James says, faith without works is dead. Sometimes you've got to change your position and change your perspective. I was reading the book, How to Win, uh, no, no, sorry, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And Dr. Covey talked about, you know, hey, you know, write your eulogy someday. When you write your eulogy, uh, you know, it, it kind of changes your perspective. And so people have done that, so it's pretty cool. But the problem is we're a sensory-based organ. So just considering, our brain is just considering, um, you know, our death is one thing. It's another thing to actually put yourself in the box. Put yourself in a box at the front of the room. Put yourself in the pain of loss and missed opportunity. See those crying kids who are never going to see their mommy and daddy again. See and hear that wife telling you, man, honey, I'm sorry I never said it enough to you, but I love you so much. You were everything to me. I'm so sorry I didn't let you know that beforehand. But you were everything. I love you so much. Isn't it amazing? At funerals, you hear how special someone was, how much they were loved. You know why? Because the perspective has changed. Because we're all going to live forever. That person wasn't too important two months ago when no one knew they were dying or had died. But now that they're dead, boy, everybody's so wrapped up in them. It's about change perspective. See, it's on that that I wrote this poem. It's called The Dash of Your Life. I know of a man who stood to speak at a gathering of family and friends. 
He spoke of a friend no longer here, not long ago, had been. In a box at the front of the room, his friend does lay his final bed. Tears flowing, speaking words of wisdom, and this is what he said. There's the date of our birth and the day that we die. In the space between, our dash of life does lie. The way that we live on this earth, this becomes our dash. When you live your life like it matters, it matters not the cars, the house, the cash. Think about that. Are there things you'd like to change? For the time is now. You could be at the end or mid-dash range. You can't control the length of your dash. This is for God to divine. But the width, intensity, this is yours. No butt prints in the sands of time. What will you do today? Every day is like a ticking clock. How did you spend your time before your time in the box? When your eulogy is written, life's actions rehashed, it's okay to be proud of the things they say about how you spent your dash. See, I get testimonials from people all the time. So I've done a lot of work with Coca-Cola, Kraft, Nabisco, the Army. And about three years ago, I got this letter from Dave Pinty, a man with Kraft who went through my training about 20 years ago. He said, hey, Scott, it's Dave Pinty. Just wanted to send you a note and let you know I love you, brother. At your training, I let Jesus into my life and began allowing him to lead me. There are generational lives that will be changed in this life and will be present in eternity because you answered a call to be his light. The Holy Spirit just wanted me to tell you that today, Scott. We'll talk about changing perspective, right? And ladies and gentlemen, come to likeitmatters.net. Reach out to the black man. Give me an email, mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Let me change your perspective so you can change your world. I am black, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.